0: the scriptures. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders uh, and signs performed by the apostles. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their, added to their number daily those who were being saved.
1: Firstly, I want us to see that the church was made up of changed people, people whose lives had been transformed through an encounter with Jesus, they weren't perfect. In fact, the Bible makes it abundantly clear that these early believers had their problems and their issues, but they were people who had been changed. I think it's really helpful to think about what we mean even when we use the word church. In the Bible, the word church never ever refers to a building, it always refers to a gathering of people the word that's used is the ecclesia the assembly the gathering of people you know a building is simply the place in which a church meets but the church is never ever the building it's always the people and so when we're thinking about church we're always thinking primarily about the people never the building And those people are a people who have been changed. They're people who have encountered Jesus and have their lives transformed. And I think that's so important because otherwise we look at a passage like this and we see the way in which the early believers lived and we can think, uh, how do we go about living that way? But the key thing is we'll never live that way unless we've encountered what they've encountered and they had encountered Jesus. You know, as a young man, the writings of Marx were quite interesting to me. I I studied political philosophy and, you know, in one sense, in an ideal world, there were some things about Marx that made sense. The idea of uh, people who had less getting more, the idea of those who having more being able to give uh, what they had to others. But, you know, the fact is it doesn't work. It's impractical because it doesn't deal with the issue of selfishness, of human sin, of greed. And what we see in the book of Acts is far better than anything Karl Marx dreamed of. We see a people who live in community, sharing what they have, being generous to one another, not living selfishly, but living differently, living life aware of their responsibility others but you know that only happened because they encountered Jesus ultimately the truth is that only changed people change people and we see that the early church had been transformed by an encounter with Jesus the early church was focused around the person of Jesus you know in uh previous to the passage we're looking at today in verse 40 there we see with many words he warned them and he pleaded with them save yourselves from this corrupt generation that's peter pleading with the crowd there on the day of pentecost and verse 41 says those who accepted his message were baptized and about three thousand were added to their number that day You know, to understand the passage that we're looking at, verse 41, understanding the way they live life, we have to go back to that same experience they had, which was to be convicted of their sin, to place their trust in Jesus and to be transformed by that. And so it's really important we understand that this kind of lifestyle doesn't come simply by Joining a church. It doesn't come simply by being nice. It doesn't come simply by belonging to a group or even a church. It comes through believing in Jesus. It says there in that passage about 3,000 souls were added. That's what makes up the church. They experienced this phenomenal growth, and out of that came the phenomenal community that we see here from verse 41 onwards. But it starts with encountering a phenomenal saviour. The early church was made up of people whose lives had been forever transformed by meeting Jesus. Secondly, we see that the church was a community to belong to and not simply a meeting to attend. And that's really, really important because sometimes when we think about church or even going to church, we think about simply uh, going along to a meeting. We, We often think about something that feels like a very passive experience. But in the New Testament, believing in Jesus not only connected people to God the Father through his son Jesus, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit transforming lives and shaping individuals, it brought people together into a community. It wasn't possible to simply believe in Jesus in isolation. Believing in Jesus brought people into a family and the community of church if we look at this passage here in Acts chapter 2 we see that time and time again we see the words together and that's so important because here in our culture very often we're very individualistic we talk about our personal faith and it and in one sense faith is always personal but it always has implications for how we live our lives And that means that it brings us to a commitment to god's people you know every follower of jesus really needs to be part of a local church a group of people who share jesus together who share their lives together who go through the experiences both good and bad the ups and downs the difficulties and the triumphs of life you know church is a team sport it's not something that we're designed to do on our own. And whoever you are watching this today, I want to encourage you, find a, a community of believers who believe in the truth of God's word and who uh, whose lives are being changed day to day by the Holy Spirit and be a part of it. That sense of togetherness was key we read that they held things in common people didn't see just their own possessions and goods simply as their own but they saw their responsibilities towards others those who had gave and helped to meet the needs of those who didn't have that's a radical version of church it wasn't about uh what what's in this for me no, the early church understood what it was to be together. We see this word fellowship. And fellowship's more than just friendship. It's a joining of hearts. It goes beyond what is on the surface to something deeper. Being part of a church, isn't just being uh, coming to a meeting and reading the Bible maybe singing and going no it's about being committed to relationships with others following Jesus together as we find relationship with Jesus we also find relationship with one another and we see here in Acts a strong sense of community they were in each other's homes they spent time together they ate together they prayed together they experienced difficulty loss persecution even they experienced it together but you know the radical thing about a true church is that there is a sense of community that is deep there is a sense of togetherness but it's never insular the communities that made up the new testament churches we're not insular but outward and that's really really at the heart of the New Testament church we see this group of people living life together but not just obsessed with one another but socially impacting the world around them the early church was known for the way in which it helped the marginalized the poor the way in which it brought people together young and old rich and poor slave and free Jew and Gentile those distinctions and barriers which utterly marked out the ancient world the church was known as the place where people crossed barriers it scandalized a world around them that in the early church literally a slave may lead a church that a rich and influential person was part of. God breaking boundaries. See, real fellowship takes us across boundaries. We see as the early church grows and as we look look and see in the book of Acts, as it expands, one of the features of the early church was that it crossed social and ethnic boundaries. You see, real fellowship doesn't mean sharing a culture in common. It means that because we share a saviour in common, what does that look like in 21st century Britain to share life together. Well, it may not mean that we sell our homes, but it does mean we recognize our responsibilities toward one another. It means that we're generous in helping to meet the needs of others. It means that my home is not my castle. My home is a place where I want to invite others into. It means that I see that I only find the true me I only find really meaning not just in myself but in my relationships with others as I grow together as part of a community of faith in our church in London we say that to be a part of our church you have to be committed to growing in your love for God your love our love for one another in the local church and the love for the community around us that's what real fellowship looks like. It means that I want to be closer to God. I want to grow in my relationships and friendships. I share my heart. I share my good side and my bad side. I share my struggles and fears, my strengths and weaknesses with others. I am known and I know others that's what the New Testament church did it brought people together not just for a meeting but into a community of faith where they grew and thrived together and then lastly the early church was really clear about its priorities verse 42 there says and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Notice the words there. They were devoted, devoted. That word is so important because it carries with it a sense of exclusivity. There's a cost to being devoted to something or someone, isn't there? Now, I've been married uh, close to 25 years. It'll be 25 years this summer. And I can actually tell you, I am devoted to my wife. For good and bad and all our ups and downs, my wife is somebody that I am devoted to. And that devotion has a cost. You know, when I got married, I made my wife a promise, forsaking all others. In other words, being devoted to her meant exclusivity. Being devoted to her means there's a sense in which I'm dead to all other women. It would be very strange if I said I'm devoted to my wife, but I'm also devoted to my second wife, and I'm also devoted to this other woman. No, it wouldn't make sense, would it? We just we, we just wouldn't uh, think that's reasonable. Devotion to one excludes devotion to others. And there was a sense in which the early church was devoted to these things to teaching to understanding to growing in their knowledge of god to their relationships with their brothers and sisters in church not to the total exclusion of all others but it was the primary place of relationships they prioritized being together talks about prioritizing the breaking of bread sharing meals together sharing the presence of god remembering what christ had done they prioritized prayer you know one of the struggles i think that as we think about how do we live out these values in our time and place in our culture in our cities how do we live like this early church lived we have to realize that living that way requires some limitations on us. It means that being committed to a local church, to a group of, uh, of fellow believers, means that actually they have to be a priority. Being uh, around, being committed to relationships and relationships that last. If we're devoted to something, we see it through good times and bad. You know, this season's been a pretty tough season to be a Liverpool fan. You know, we've gone from the highs of the last few years to some pretty poor performances. But, you know, if you really love something, you stick with it through good times and bad. You know and it's the same with church there will be difficult times there will be people who annoy you there will be people who maybe you'll fall out with we need to get a sense of perspective that commitment to a church means seeing through difficulties and that means being committed to working through difficulties and differences and You know, what we see is there was a real and genuine sense in which the Old Testament, the New Testament church was committed to working through differences and difficulties. If we look at some of the things that it says that they were committed to, it says to the apostles teaching, they had a lifestyle of learning. They wanted to grow in their knowledge of God and their love for one another. And they knew that that meant learning, understanding, being committed to growing in their knowledge of the truth. For us, that means being committed to growing in our knowledge and understanding and application of the Bible, but also to grow in our love for one another. They didn't want to just grow their minds, but they wanted to see their lives changed to be committed to the teaching that they received meant being committed to becoming more loving it meant passing on what they knew to others in 2 timothy 2 2 it says you then my strong son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. In other words, what you have learned together, growing together and pass it on. They were committed to common teaching. They weren't committed to uh, their own view of stuff. They were committed to receiving truth, wrestling with it, applying it and passing on that truth to others. You know in our that's one of the challenges we face in the here and now in many of our cultures now we have a cultural mindset that places ourselves at the center of the narrative we rely on ourselves everything is about how I feel and what I think about it and you know that's the spirit of our age but ultimately it's very limiting and it's destructive you see that means that we then have to create meaning in and of ourselves and the fact is that that's a job that no human being is up to our world tells us to uh, get the best for ourselves that it's all about our truth and, and and what we think that matters but actually there's something about being part of a community of faith and connecting To the historic teaching of the Christian church. That's bigger than me. It's not just about me and what I think, but I connect to something bigger. And I want to encourage you be devoted to relationships, find connection with others, be devoted to fellowship, sharing your heart knowing others and being known be devoted to growing in your understanding of the bible knowing who jesus is not simply because of my opinions of him but because of the truth of the bible be committed to an outward looking and growing group of people who want to become more like jesus we see in that early church in this passage in Acts the sense of generosity the sense of community the sense of growth it says they kept feeling a sense of awe why because God is real and God is doing great things so I want to encourage you whoever you are wherever you are as you watch this today think about what does it mean for you to be a part of a local church where you know others and others know you.
0: Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. Because
2: I think this guy's certainly within Western society I think we're supposed to have the answer and that is my feeling sometimes that I'm supposed to have the answer I'm supposed to figure it out and sometimes I actually can't yeah and being honest and vulnerable enough to be able to say I'm struggling with this oh. or this is how I'm feeling at the moment it was something that I felt very early on that was important to actually sort of to try and liberate male society mm. to be
0: so welcome back to uh, Conversation Street. We've got a lot to talk about, Dave. That was uh, Tony's talk, and then we've just had Al's little Hmm. snippet and intro there for what's the story if you are uh, not already subscribed to what's the story you can find out more information at what's the where you will also find al's um uh, episode on there if you want to listen to al which was just brilliant actually you were on what's the story as well weren't you dave i was a little while
2: ago it was fantastic yeah, it was great. A whole evening recording
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I loved it. It's just really fun. Fa- I love What's the Story? Because you get in and you mm. find out. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the, the clues in the title. You get to dig into people's mm. story and hear what, you know, hear what makes them tick, hear what mm. led them to Christ and all that sort of stuff, which was great. So, yeah, you can check out Dave's story. You can check out Al's story. What's the Story? Mm. Podcast.com. I think the link is in the YouTube comments, looking at the comments on my screen. Now tony's talk let's get into that and i am sorry uh i've got to address the seven elephants in the room in the sense that tony did this uh, talk of, i think i recorded it last week um, before his 50th birthday uh, so the talks aren't live i mean you would have figured that out and he did this talk and he sent it in and in his talk he talks about how it's not been easy to support liverpool football club this season uh, literally as the final whistle is blown uh, in what can only be described as probably one of the best victories Liverpool has had for a long time uh, and I just need to get that out of the way we don't need to talk about it uh, there's seven reasons why we don't need to talk about it uh, but oh. um, I, just, <laughs> I just thought I would, I would move on from that so um, yeah we've got that out of the way anyway Chief, what did you think to uh, Tony's talk? I, th- I
2: thought it was, I thought he did exceptionally well with that talk because he's a preacher and acts too. You could preach forever. So um, <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought his points were really good. Um, yeah, I just thought he did a really good job and he focused in on three points. And I, yeah, lots for us to talk about, Matt. Lots for there people is. to take notes about. And,
0: Watch it again. Yeah, absolutely. Watch it again. It's really it interesting, again. isn't it? That um, I'm going to bring up the uh, slide here because I, I think it was this one. Let me just. Yeah, they devoted themselves mm. to the Apostles' teaching. So, this is what happened in the early church, right? They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread mm. and to prayer. And it goes on to talk about a few other things that they did as well. So uh, they were together. They had everything in common, all (sighs) stuff that Tony talked about. They continued to meet Mm -hmm. together, both in the temple courts and in each other's homes. They ate together. They praised God together. And the favor of God seemed to be rampant and people were getting saved. So these were Mm -hmm. the verses that sort of the talk was based on. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing in a lot of ways, Chief, how simple that sounds. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? and how yeah. how it feels like we've kind of overcomplicated yeah. church a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well, the second word in was devoted
0: mm.
2: themselves, and then it goes on, to the apostles' teaching.
3: Mm.
2: And Tony talked about how we live in a very indiv- individualistic society. Yeah, And um, I could see that, if, you know, if that was written in our text today, you know, most of us want to be devoted to our own teaching. Mm. You know what well, really they, a, yeah. they yeah. they're just men like me. I'm they serve the same God, they do the, you know, you know what I mean? It's all about getting over I'm as good as anybody else. Mm. But you know, to me that speaks of humility.
3: Yeah.
2: They um they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. And that takes humility. You humble mm-hmm. yourself, you see something of God in a person and you humble yourself to them. Yeah. And God, yeah. God's
0: always attracted to people who are humble. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I, I love that phrase you came up with, because if, if you're right, if we'd written this today, it would say we were devoted to our own teaching, to Absolutely. our own theology, to our own way of mm-hmm. interpreting life, to our own mm-hmm. truth, maybe, uh, would be a, a, a way to say that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we've gone down that road so far that that's what we would have said that you know and I I totally agree with you that actually that's probably a reflection. I think some of it is
2: Western. I think some of it is the Western culture Mm. you know and some of it is just man Mm. you know um, there's just something you know Jesus talks much about humility Mm. you know it's such an attractive quality you know and how he responds to it. And when and um, and Jesus when when Jesus sees people humbling themselves, as he responds, to another word that Sony used, transformation takes place. Yeah. You know, and, and just like your diversion, like you know, I think of Zacchaeus, you know, hanging from a tree, hated by the Jews, hated mm-hmm. by the Russian occupying army who he was working for. You know, and Jesus walks underneath the tree, looks up and calls him by name. Yeah. The crowd hates him. And say don't go to his house for tea.
3: Yeah.
2: And the and the and, you know and the disciples are thinking, Could you not pick anybody worse to go to you know? Yeah. It's a value system thing, Matt, I yeah. think. Mm. Um, yeah, and you know, when it talks about what, what you know those five areas, you know, it would be we're not talking about style of devotion or style of prayer or style mm. of teaching. It's just being humble. Yeah. To sit down and listen. Yeah. And weigh the scriptures.
3: Yeah.
2: For me, that's what it's about. You know, sitting under their ministry and receiving from them humbly and weighing yeah. what people have to say and what they model.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point, isn't it? That um, a lot of people at the moment who are going through this whole faith deconstruction thing and yeah, um, you know that it it fundamentally starts with it. I was talking to a guy uh, on Friday about this, you know, the the fundamental question all comes down to scripture. Is the Bible just a really interesting book of ancient text? Or is it actually the word of God that we have to submit ourselves to? And this becomes a really interesting question, isn't it? That you've, you have to sort of think, where, where it, how do I, how do I perceive the Bible? Because I can, I can deconstruct my faith, I can live my own truth, but that means this fundamental change, doesn't it? Where you go from, well, this is, this is what the Bible says, but I don't care, because it's not really yeah. the sovereign word of God. Or if it is, I, I still don't care. It's it's kind of like, my, it doesn't bother me, I'm, I'm still doing what I do. Yeah. And that's kind of living life without this humility that you're talking about, right?
2: Yeah. Well, there's a thing as well that you'll hear people say, and I think I've said it in one of my talks, um, that I've done in my crowd. And it's, you know, people will say openly to you, they will start a conversation and, you know, you're listening to them and they will say, but this is my opinion. Yeah. You know, and you know, I quite often find myself saying, I, you know, I appreciate that, but mm-hmm. your opinion is not in line with what the word of God says. And it's there's a whole thing here. Mm. You know, our opinions, um, listen, God's not going to change the word of God to fit our circumstances or our opinions. (laughs) That's very true. We are are the ones to align our lives and our thinking, you know, to that. It's never been popular to be a Christian.
3: No.
2: It's never been popular to follow Christ. No. Even in the first century church, when they called the early church Christians, it wasn't a positive thing. It was a slight on them to call them Christians, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, I, I love this, I love this um portion of scripture of this early church. Hmm. And it, and if we really believe it, and if we applied it, I I'm sorry, I'm I what 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 would we see in church? But we do need to go on and read further what happened.
0: <laughs> you know, well, I do want to I do want to get to this question. You know, if what would happen if. The modern church in the West did this simplest, the simple idea of devote themselves to the apostle teaching, fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And one of the things that's really intrigued me—we're talking about this a little bit before we hit the hit the go live Mm. button—is what's been going off in um, on the Asbury University campus, Mm -hmm. the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, So, for those of you don't know, I think it was the eighth of February. it just funny. There's this spontaneous sort of prayer meeting erupted and just kept going for weeks at Asbury. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people came into this, like three thousand people that live in the town, but hundreds of thousands of people probably sort of descended on the town within a few weeks, and it seemed like God was doing something there. And and I was listening mm-hmm. to Pete Greg talk about it. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Pete Gregg, so I was really keen to hear what he had to say about it. And he said, he said some things which just really intrigued me. He said um, that it was very gentle. It was very lo-fi. There was zero production value. There were no words on a screen. There was no hype. It didn't happen at a large church with a celebrity pastor. Mm-hmm. Um he said it was led by the Gen Z guys, you know, led by the students. Everything that Gen X and Gen Y thinks is necessary to gather a crowd was not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was breaking all the rules, which I really quite liked. And he said, yeah. And he said when you got there, he said it was a guy with a guitar just doing worship, very <clears throat> lo-fi, very simple. Um, and he said, but there was this overwhelming sense of peace for a generation Mm -hmm. experiencing unprecedented anxiety. And in fact, there was a a student called Zeke, a student. He said, the peace that was in this room was unexplainable. There was a sense of belonging um, for a generation experiencing the epidemic of loneliness. There was humble leadership for a generation sick and tired of narcissistic leaders and there was participatory adoration. He said, there was just a piano and a guitar for a generation consumed by digital distraction. Yeah. And, he's, and he talked about the simplicity of what was going on at Asbury yeah. um, University. And I couldn't help but think of these scriptures.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, might, lots of people, if you're watching, if, you, if you're reading the social media, etc., everybody's got a comment on it,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: whether it's good, bad, or indifference, and, um, I've been asked by several people what I think about it. And, um, you know, some people say, is it real revival? Is it blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, well, you know, define revival, you know, define, you know, awakening. It really doesn't matter because they're not saying it's anything. They're just saying they are meeting with God. And it is evident they are meeting with God. And for how long this goes on, you know, I don't think they're, they're even thinking about that. They just experience something that is real for them. They're not really inviting people to it even. You know, mm. they're just like this is we're just getting on with our life and God is doing something in this season. The book of Acts talks about season sorry of refreshing, times of mm-hmm. refreshing, um times of renewal. And I think that's what this is. Yeah. You know, I think it is very special. I think it will is something that is possibly Healing something within that generation of people was mm. significantly wounded them. Mm. You know, and you know, people say, well, what about this and what about that? What about it? Because whatever Jesus was, he chose to use men and women mm. who would make mistakes. Yeah. So I think if you wanted to critique, you know, the disciples when they were following Jesus, I think, you know, you'd have to get an extension on your pad because they're just ordinary men and women, and Jesus knew that. So I'm like, God bless these guys, Mm. you know, and for as long as God is doing it, give him all the glory, and that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah. No, it's fantastic, and there's reports Mm. now of a lot of churches, uh, and uh, this university campuses doing the same things, Jen said, just Mm. real simple heart of worship, a lot of what we would call repentance in church, which is just basically acknowledging Your own sin, your own mistakes, where you fall short, and yeah, just yeah. go, God, I've not measured up. Mm-hmm. Um, help me, help me deal with this. Yeah, like yeah. Tony said, it's about getting transformed. You know, um, yeah, yeah. It's that whole transformation, isn't it? And the simplicity of just communion together, yeah, praying together without all the pomp, without all the ceremony, yes. which the British are brilliant at because we like our pomp and behaviour. Yeah, um, but without all of that and the simplicity of it, and God mm. seems to be doing something. And I, yeah. And there's actually, when you hear people talk about it, um, I I don't want to be sceptical. I'd rather be gullible Mm. than sceptical when it comes to the things of God, if I'm honest with you. And um, I was like, it just sounds lovely. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And this this is what, again, I get from these sort of scriptures, isn't it? Uh, Mm. They were devoted themselves to the teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, They sold property to give to anybody that had in need. Mm -hmm. Um. They weren't materialistic. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts or a church, big mm. church building. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Mm. I'm like, I I mean, I'm I'm I love our church because I'm part yeah. of a community that does do that. You know, yeah. people around our house all the time. We're always eating mm. together with glad and sincere hearts. Mm. But I know a lot of churches where actually that doesn't happen. And church yeah. has become quite individualistic in a lot of ways. I don't know if you've seen this.
2: Consumeristic, I would say. Okay. Um, and I, I think that is because you know, people, lots of people, and, and these are big statements by me. You know, they're mm. very broad. Now, lots of people, when they go to church, you know, they, they may have watched pop idol, not pop idol, idol, whatever, on the TV. You know, so when, or, or they watch something on YouTube. So when they go, they, quite often, you know, so Fred playing his banjo or his ukulele or his guitar you know it, it, it doesn't fit that consumer side of them yeah you know it, it needs you know they used to go into big concerts with lights and smoke and blah 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 and it, and, it, and if that gets you to where you're going and worship well, then that's fine but I think there's something within people that they they're exposed to such a high level of performance through media now mm. even when they go to church you know we like you used to word I think Tony used the word or you used the word like celebrity pastor yeah. You know, well, you know, you can't make yourself a celebrity. That's true. Somebody has to make you a celebrity, you know, and I think we have expectations of our church staff, whether worship people or pastors or whatever, you know, and um, I'm all for keeping church simple. Mm. Uh, I've been being in church for a long time. I, um, you know, would look back and definitely say I would do things differently. Not mm. because necessarily because it was wrong, just because, hopefully, I'm a little bit wiser, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, Matt, just to come back to you. You know, the point about, um, you know, th- those elements. Um, I, I recently have been talking with a whole range of people who've just been on the phone to me from different places, saying they we just sense God saying this to us. What do you think? Mm. And it was quite amazing that, um, and it, it, it was simply this about meeting in their homes. Stuff we've been doing for years. Mm. Eating with their people. Yep. You know, I mean, their friends and family. You know, don't write off your friends and family. You know, that's mm-hmm. who they did this with. People that are on the journey with. Yeah, And you can extend your table and bring in the visitor, you know, the neighbor, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: or the person who's traveling through. And um, I, I have to say that this um, couple rang me and said, look, they thought God was saying to them to gather just a few friends for an evening of prayer mm. and praise, and um, I got there and there was five of us in the room. I didn't realise they didn't have any friends, and <laughs> uh, and it was amazing because two of the people were there. I immediately thought, "Hmm, oh, interesting," mm. and um, or needy. And this the person who had organised this, the lady herself has stage four cancer. Wow! And you know what we start I thought this. Could, I wonder what's going to happen here, God. And We started to worship and the appropriate position was on your knees and It was sweet mm. It was sweet and Nobody this lady who's in significant need Nobody said you need to be prayed for healing. She didn't mm. get healed as far as I know mm-hmm. But you know just the evening in the presence of Jesus. Yeah worshiping him fellowshipping together just by being together,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, being that, you know, um, scripture talks about one accord. Yeah. We are in one accord just to go and worship him. There was no speaker,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and, um, I think somebody, pray- I think one person prayed twice in the whole evening, but there was just this sweet worship. The is a wonderful worship leader. Mm. We had, the, we had TV on YouTube and on, um, worship on YouTube. Wow. It was immense, and um, that is happening in that type of thing is happening in numerous places. This is, I would say, pre what's happening in Kentucky. Mm. So, God is steering something, mm. and you know, God, God doesn't have to mass produce things, He does things that are unique but hold the fundamental values. Yeah, you know, there shouldn't be anything complex, we should be able to come together and eat and fellowship. Mm. And worship God and pray together. Mm. Um, I mean, this morning I was in a ch- in, in a little church in somebody's home Fantastic. with seventeen people, and it was um, it was rough but mm. wonderful.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it was a, quite a, a new church, and you know, some people like you know the, in the process of being transformed, like all of us. And mm. I was You know, there was not a flash and, flashing and light, and if there was, it was because somebody was on a switch. Um, mm. It was all about the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And we worshiped together and yeah. we fellowshiped together and we prayed. And there was nothing attractional in the natural sense. But it certainly attracted the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. God was, there, he was right? there. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I'm not dismissing the bigger gatherings. I'm not dismissing that because they met in the temple courts, which mm. are a good size, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they are yeah, as well as home to home you know mm. so um,
0: there's a place for yeah. both isn't there there's a place which absolutely says you, you you do need both and i think yeah yeah um i think for the last 10-15 years it feels like we've mm. gone down this road to say that says to gather a crowd i have to have mm-hmm. you know a stage with beautiful lighting with
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know six different worship leaders on stage yeah, yeah. all of which you know are very beautiful people and mm-hmm. it's not true um, no. at all and i think for some people that works you know like yeah. you say but actually my if i look back over my christian life the transformative experiences have usually been around breaking bread at somebody's house or eating a meal totally. at somebody's house and we've prayed or something has happened mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and um and you can't often you can't often explain mm-hmm. it either so i remember when I was a student, I'd be around your house all the time, and Julie would bake <laughs> this pear and white chocolate cake every time I was there. And it was just still my favorite cake now. And my daughter yeah. makes it. Julie don't get G- it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should talk to your wife, Julie. Uh, and uh, I think Zoe got the recipe off Julie, and she still mm-hmm. cooks it now. Yeah, yeah. But just something simple like that, like just inviting people around and just mm. doing life together, is, is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing, isn't it, about the church community. And I... Mm. I think we can learn a lot from the simplicity of mm. it. And one of the things that I'm hoping, actually, just to preempt you, dear crowd mm. church watcher, um, is one of the things I think we should, uh, as crowd church, start doing is actually when you're watching the live stream, um, is to obviously to join in with the comments, watch the live stream. Mm. But I think it's just good. Invite one or two people around to watch it with yeah. you and have church mm. in the house with some friends who may be yeah, yeah. church may not may not be church people that you invite around but it's yeah it should be fairly straightforward yeah. to do and I, i'm really curious if we did that yeah. where we we sort of devote ourselves to yeah, one yeah. another a little bit like this break bread prayer have glad yeah. sincere hearts etc i wonder what would happen mm. you know
2: but also matt you know that sometimes you know um, we're in a position where we might be with two or three people and we mightn't feel confident enough to be able to open the word up you know mm. f- folks could join you here a crowd and you know you have some great speakers and um, some great topics you know and and so they are not dependent on supplying the word. you know you're supplying mm. that for them and then afterwards you know as as you go off here folks can sit around coffee and say, you know well what was god saying to you
3: because
2: yeah. in the teaching we we have got used to hearing somebody teach where this morning as i was preaching i said if you've got any questions stop me as i'm speaking yeah and they did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic!
0: And it's
2: great. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. community That this is the way we know that people are getting us. And mm. and so what? You mightn't get through all your material, but you're able to sow something that is real. But might you know, go back to something you said before, uh, that you know, you know, if you go back in in time when you guys used to come around to our home, we grew church by on a Sunday by inviting a stack of people around, a dozen or fourteen people for lunch. Yeah and we got to know your stories and a little mm. bit about you and for many of those people you know we still have that relationship eh, even though we're not seeing them all the time mm. you know they may be in different nations even now mm. but we, um but it wasn't just a case for coming for food we got to know your story you got to know a little bit about us that we're not just somebody who stands up up front at the front mm-hmm. and says stuff but you got to see us with our families yeah you, you got to see the reality of ways and lifestyle matching, and I know that's what you guys are doing now, and and that's why it's important. You know, Tony talked about belonging. Yeah. You know, I I, I love the word connecting. You know, we mm. connect with each other. Mm. We, we we journey. I love to journey with people. Yeah. You you get to know people. You go through the good times, I eh? and and the challenging times. Like in our small group. We mm. were in a small group for many years together, weren't
3: we? Were, we? we were. All those, amazing. all those
2: men. We went three times for praying for wives. Mm. Yeah. Um, for children, and, and we know that you know during that time, um, we had to deal with bereavement, Yeah. You know, and marriage challenges, and a whole variety of things. But we were able to journey together yeah. and support each other. This is what the Axe Church is about. It's an yeah. authentic church. It's not a program. Mm. And I think that's what in the West we've done: created programs. Yeah. Do the ABC, mm. and, and that might be okay. it Doesn't work for me. Let's journey yeah. together.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. That's what's transformational, mm. and that's why I, I still think the church is the hope mm. of the world, and that's why I'm still Absolutely. a big believer on it. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Whether it's like this mm. online, whether it's you with a few people in your home, mm. whether it's in yeah. the big temple courts, whatever, I I still think church mm. is is amazing. Well, thanks for that, Dave. I, it's, it's amazing how quickly time goes because I've got like 40,000 questions. We could carry on the conversation. But um, yeah. let me tell you, if you are connecting with us here at Crowd, uh, you are welcome here. Uh, you can belong here. On We have groups, uh, a community group midweek on a Wednesday. If you'd like to join us for that, you'd be more than welcome where we catch up, We pray for one another. Uh, we do a little bit of life together. Um, you'd be more than welcome to join us for that as well. Um we're just trying to do it all online uh, because, you know, like Tony said, we transform people and uh, we. I think we've got a great story to tell. Uh, we serve yeah. a great savior. So um, feel free to get plugged in, get connected in. Like I say, if you want to know more, do connect with us on our website, which is coming up on your screen now, www.crowd.church. Or you can reach us on social media at CrowdChurch. Uh, and that's true of Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I think so. Yeah, you can reach us on those um, social media channels. I just have to think it through. Uh, you can reach us on those social media channels. Uh, Dave, what's coming up next week? Do you remember what I said?
2: No. <laughs> You're speaking. You're speaking. Is that correct? That's correct. I know. You're speaking, and the hosts are Hannah and Dan Orange. What a that's great right. They are.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good.
2: And you're good as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that'll be better. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm secure. Edit
2: that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Leaving that in. Uh, It's great. <laughs> so yeah do make sure you connect with us uh, make sure you subscribe to the live stream uh, on YouTube you can hit the little bell uh, notification mm. as well get notified when we're live um but yeah come join in say hi in the comments next week as we are talking about the name of Jesus next week is about the guy if you know the book of Acts um mm-hmm. there's a guy who's sitting at the temple courts and he's lame but lame from birth mm. and um, he's begging for money and he instantly gets healed and so we're gonna look yeah. at that wow. And say, so, so I, look, I looked out getting that passage. I'm not going to lie.
2: <laughs> I know I si didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we give you all the
0: tricky ones. I get all the easy ones. <laughs> That's the best way. Sadaf divises it up. And so I think, obviously, she just gives me all the best ones, which is great. So well done, Sadaf. Uh, so no, brilliant. Well, well done uh, for joining us today. It's been great to connect with you. Thank you so much. Anything else from you, Chief? Any closing words?
2: God is really good and he's got a real plan for our lives. Let's go change our nation, our city and the people in our lives.
0: That is a phenomenal world on which to end. So thank you so much for joining us. That's it from me. That's it from Dave. God bless you. Bye for now. See you soon. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button, as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now by smashing the like button on YouTube, or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website www.crowd.church where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see
3: you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.